Strange things are afoot at the Circle K. Here we are for another episode of Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures. This is a weekly podcast where we talk about new-to-me movies. My name is Claire, and this is my dad, Bill. What's up, everybody? Yeah, what's up? Anyways, um, so... So if you're a new listener, you're probably ask, you're probably thinking in your head right now, what is our format? Okay. Our format is, so first we'll watch the trailer and we'll do our intro portion, mm-hmm. which we're recording right now. Then we'll take a break to watch the movie. We'll come back, talk about the movie, and that'll end my part. And we'll tell you what movie we're watching next week. Mm-hmm. And then after that, in the final segment, which is a short segment, it's where my dad talks about his perspective and excitement of me watching it as of me watching it with him as a parent, I think. Yes, I am the parent and you are yeah. the child. Yeah. And then I will share my thoughts as parent of sharing movie with you child. Yes. Excellent. All right, so this week we're watching Bendy Like Beckham, Not Remember the Titans. Last week in our Avengers Endgame episode, bonus episode, um, we said that we were going to watch Remember the Titans. You're probably asking in your head what happened there. We um, missed a whole episode last week. Sorry about that. So this week we picked Bendy Like Beckham over Remember the Titans. Mm-hmm. So we've seen the trailer now um do you want to give us the storyline for bend it like beckham yep all right okay so the storyline is a comedy about bending the rules to reach your goal bend it like beckham explores the world of women's soccer but it says football because it's based in london exactly from kickabouts in the park to free kicks in the final set in Hounslow, West London, and Hamburg, which sounds like hamburger. <laughs> the film follows two 18-year-olds with their hearts set on a future in professional soccer. Heart-stopping talent doesn't seem to be enough when your parents want you to hang up your soccer boots, find a nice boyfriend, and learn to cook the perfect chapati. All right. So, you know, I showed you the trailer to Bennett Like Beckham, and you, it was, you know, you picked that over um, catching up with Remember the Titans. What made you so excited to watch this movie in particular? Um, I think it just made me excited that it was a movie about women, mm-hmm. basically, mm-hmm. because all the other movies we watched rarely had any women in it, barely. Okay. It was mostly men that we were focused on. Okay. So, ex- except for Avengers Gunning Game, because we did talk a lot about um, the women Black Widow that. and mm-hmm. all the girls. But anyways, um, we're not doing event Endgame right now. We are doing <laughs> Bend Like Beckham. So... Um, and another thing I like is the dressing. Mm-hmm. So like the clothes they wear. Gotcha. So like I loved how they had the soccer cleats and then they also like those soccer cleats, the soccer outfit, everything and matches the movie. And then I loved how it had a completely opposite turn with both the, with the parents wearing like Indian clothes for Jess and for um, the other girl's parents. I can't remember her name. Mm-hmm. Her parents dressed like very fancy and like gowns and stuff. Oh, okay. So I love how I love the oppositions of clothing okay. that the daughters or sons 
to the um we can definitely see the different cultural roots at play there uh that i think are going to be a big part of some of the conflict in this particular story right right all right so let's see what else what else should we talk about before we go watch the movie anything um i think we've covered just about it all right guys so we have done everything for the first part and um so i'm gonna throw it over to the other side where my dad will be opening it up this time oh okay geez all right i got i gotta prepare for that i didn't realize i was gonna be given homework assignment thank you (laughs) anyways see you guys on the other side We're back. We just finished watching Bend It Like Beckham. Oh yeah. What did uh what did you think of the movie? I thought it was pretty nice. Pretty nice. What does that mean? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay, well, all right, folks, that's the podcast. Thanks for coming out. Uh Bend It Like Beckham was pretty nice. Put that on the poster. <laughs> <laughs> what did you think about the movie? I told you I thought it was pretty nice. All right. All right. Well, what was your favorite part? My favorite part would be when Jess when Jess is at the party after the football game, and Jules at and Jules asks her mom and Jules tells her mom and dad that she's gonna go drive over to Jess mm. because she wants to be with her or something like that. And then her mm. mom says, "I'll drive you," and she's like, "Okay, thanks, mom." And then when they get there, Jules runs out to Jess, and then a couple seconds later, Jess's mom. Jules' mom right. comes out and says, "How dare you be kissing my daughter's stuff?" Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's my favorite scene. So let's um, let's uh, let's talk about that a little bit. Uh, what did you think about Jules's mom's reaction to thinking that her daughter was a lesbian? Did you think that that was is it is it okay that she reacted like that? Do you think that's normal? Is that fine? Is that bad? What do you think about it? Bad. Why? I think that means she has a temper problem. Okay, explain. Sort of. Because she's so worried about her daughter. Mm-hmm. So like if her daughter wants to be a lesbian, just let her be a lesbian. Like she's saying like you have to marry a boy and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. But why can't she marry a girl? It's like it's allowed. Mm-hmm. So I feel like her mom went overboard with the reaction. Honestly, I would if I was a mom and my daughter was lesbian or my son was gay or something like mm-hmm. that. I would react, but I wouldn't react that bad. I would be like, I would talk to him first. I would talk mm-hmm. to my son or daughter first. And then once I've heard their side of the story, I'll talk to the other girl or boy and talk and see their side of the story. And if they match up, then I'll know that they're telling the truth. And if they don't, I'll have to do like a, I'll have to get all like so, angry. <laughs> so if you're uh, if your child, um, might prefer the same sex as a romantic partner, you will treat it like an investigation. Yeah, basically. Why would you need to investigate it? Because I want to make sure that he's with, like, some, like, let's say he decides, like, um, like, let's say he decides to be with, like, the, like, let's say my daughter wants to be with the most popular jock mm-hmm. that's a girl in school. And okay. I'm like, and then I find out, and then I'm like, well, let me do a little investigating just to make sure that she isn't already dating someone. Because that would be, like, heartbreaking to know that your date is break, is dating someone else. Mm. So that's why I want to do investigation. So you're... But then it sounds like your investigation has 
less to do with. I don't really care about the lesbian thing. I just want to make sure that the other partner's birth is good. Like would treat my daughter or son nice. Do you, who's, yeah, okay. Who's, I guess that's, that's a, that's a good question. And I, I don't really know kind of what the answer is, but whose responsibility is that? I mean, are you being a good parent if you're trying to like investigate every romantic partner that your child might have to make sure that they're Not good for them? One. Just talking about popular kids. Cause a lot of time popular kids, mm. if they, if you're like a loser mm-hmm. or like you're like, like they're a popular kid and you're like a mild kid or you're a loser or a nerd or something. Uh-huh. They go up to you and say, or you go up to them and say, like, let's say I like you. And then they're like, I liked you too. Let's go together. And that all that happens. And then they find out that that girl or boy was already dating someone else because they're popular. Mm. So I want to go investigating every single partner, but only if they're popular and that other person isn't. Mm. So a lot of times the popular people would either want to would either do two would either do three things. The first thing is they actually do like you. The second thing is they want to get you like embarrassed. And mm-hmm. the third thing is they just want to they just like like in a movie I watched with my mom, um one of the girls in her high school thought that she was going to go out with the most popular boy in school to a date, but when the limo pulled up, it was just to throw eggs on her head. That's not cool. So, and then the third thing would be to prank you. I see. So you are distrustful of the popular kids. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And did you think that um, Jess or Jessinder was a popular kid in the movie? Yeah, but it's like, they're not like getting together. They're just friends. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And like, you can be friend with the popular kid. It's not like they can go back on you. Yeah. But the only way it can get back on you is if is if they either betray you, mm-hmm. they were either a very truthful friend, but someone, but someone else wanted them to do it, and they would be like, something would have happened to them if they didn't. And then the third thing is, they just they never even wanted to be your friend. What about um, okay? So um, Jules's mom thinks that she's a lesbian, right? And she's very upset about it. And they go on that car ride like you're talking about, right? And in the course of that car ride, um, Jules says, no, mom, no, we're fighting. Or no, it's a different car ride. Um, that's when they're going back. Right. That's when they're going back. And she says, no, mom, we were fighting over the coach, who is a boy. <laughs> um, and that's why we're in a disagreement. And then in the middle of the conversation, the mom goes from being very upset that her daughter's a lesbian to the very next sentence oh, being gay or lesbian is okay as long as it's not you, basically, is what it is. Like, what do you think about that kind of reaction to that? I think the mom is saying, well, I hate being a lesbian, but as long as it's not my daughter, Mm. it's okay because it's not my daughter to deal with. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Do you think that somebody being gay or lesbian is something that you have to deal with? No. Yeah. Because if it's if it's their romantic relationship, it's their romantic relationship, and you shouldn't get too far into that unless it's a high, unless it's like a popular kid hmm. who can't be trusted. Yes, yeah. popular kids. I get it. I get it. Um, I've seen a lot of movies about <laughs> popular kids. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. Well, let's maybe let's also talk a little bit about parent expectations, right? Um, because like that 
that example is Jess's mom having a very strong expectation about who her daughter is going to be and really setting up some very strong barriers to say, you know, like she doesn't want her to be a footballer, right? Or a soccer player. Or a soccer player. And she doesn't want her to be a lesbian. And so she keeps pushing these things at her to try and make her be different things. Like she takes her to the dress shop that she works at and is like, hey, buy these pretty bras, buy these pretty underwears, right? That's Jules's mom. That's Jules's mom. What did I say? You said you were saying you were talking about Jess's mom. I meant Jules's mom. Right. But I guess also Jess's mom, right? So it's not quite the same thing, but Jess's parents both have very strong expectations for who she's going to be. They both want her to go to college to be a lawyer so that they she's want her to successful. Make a, they want her to be a chapati person. A chapati? They want her chapati. to be able to make chapati, which is a They want Indian her to dish. have an Indian. Right. They want her to have a black boyfriend. Uh, I don't think a black boyfriend so much as they want her to have an Indian boyfriend and they want to arrange a marriage for her also, I think. Yeah, they wanted to arrange a marriage. Mm-hmm. They didn't want it to be with a white person. Right. And and they only wanted it to be Indian. Mm-hmm. And that girl liked a, liked a white person mm-hmm. as like a like-like-like. Mm-hmm. What do you... Um... What do you think about uh, Jess's parents' reactions to that and their preferences that she not date a white person? Well, if you are an Indian, a lot of times Indians, when in the beginning with Jamestown and stuff, Indians did have a lot of... Mm, different Indians. Problems. Different Indians. The Indians that you're thinking of are more what we would call Native Americans. Oh. And they're uh, indigenous, indigenous, so local to indigenous people. Oh, India and Indians. India Indians, actual Indians is the, the people who are in the subject. Although I, what I found interesting about this is that they're not, I mean, their culture is Indian and they are Indian um, descendants, but uh, her dad and mom, I think, grew up in a country in Africa. I want to say Uganda, but I'm, I'm not 100% sure because he makes reference to the fact that he played he a sport in, in Uganda. He played cricket in Uganda. So they didn't necessarily... I don't know if they grew up in India or not. That's not totally clear to me, but they definitely have um, India, Indian culture. Well, I know that from a lot so from some history that India mm-hmm. doesn't really have good peace with um, England Okay. And white people, they have a lot of mm-hmm. conflicts. And then there's also war sometimes. Why do you think that is? Well, they aren't very good. And a lot of times the English are like like being racist to them, sort of. Um, the, the English are racist to the Indians. Indians. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, do you know, do you know what the history is for that? Why that, that animosity, that dislike exists? Um, A long time ago, um, England was going out and conquering places like a lot of people were doing. Um, And they really took over uh, India and they ran it as though it was uh, like almost like a colony for England. And uh, they set all these rules and they took all these riches and resources from them. Um, And they were not not very good. To the Indians. I, I think the Indians' animosity, like their anger towards the English, is, is, is pretty well earned. But that's their ancestors. It's not like one little white 
one white teenager can be like, I'm going to create a war against you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And he's just a teenager and he's not the ancestors. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe those are his ancestors, but it's not him. Yeah. But it's it's not. But it, I mean, it also is a little bit, right? So like, you know, we grew up in the United States, right? And um, I didn't ever own slaves in the United States, right? Like I didn't contribute to that. I didn't buy people or sell people or use people as forced labor. But all of the stuff that I have and all of the good things that are available to me were built by slave labor. And so I benefit from that. You benefit from that. And it's a it's a it's a really tricky thing to have to work with because I didn't do that, but I'm also receiving a benefit for that. And there are a lot of people in our country who are receiving a negative because of that, like all of the racism, right, that um, black people in America are confronted with specifically is down to that. And that's the legacy of slavery. You know, they are are not slaves. Right. They have grown up in this country as free as you and I. But I have benefited from that, and they have been punished by that. And that's the difference between, like, looking at somebody like Jess's mom who reacts kind of in a bigoted way by saying, oh, you can't be lesbian. You know what I mean? Uh, or not Jess's mom, Jules's mom. Or, like, Jess's mom also who says, you know, you can't uh, marry a white boy, right? Like, that's not a great like thing when in she, itself. Like when the grandmother or aunt had walked drove by her while when she was at the bus stop laughing with jewels right and their heads were on top of each other because mm-hmm. jewels's hair was so short the grandmother or aunt mm-hmm. thought that it was a boy mm-hmm. then she comes home and everyone is disappointed when her and she's like what's the matter with me right she's like you were with a boy you were kissing a boy and i'm like i ain't kissing no white boy I don't think she said anything remotely like that. Well, it's what she was. Well, it's her point. <laughs> yeah, I don't think she's from the American South, though. <laughs> well, she was like this. I wasn't kissing a boy, and the and the mother was like, "Yes, you were." Well, Your that's let's let's talk about that too, though. Like the parents routinely don't believe anything that Jess says. What did you think about that? Don't think that's good. Yeah. Not being able to trust her dog your own daughter when she's telling the truth the whole time mm-hmm, mm-hmm. except for the football honestly if i was if you were the father and mother of jess mm-hmm. honestly i and you were like telling me because you're indian we let you grow up how you want but now you will grow up how we want you to mm-hmm. and how we want you to is to Stop doing music, mm-hmm. stop learning at school, mm-hmm. and you will stay at home and you will be homeschooled on Indian things. Well, I don't think they were quite going to there. They definitely wanted her to still have a college education, but I mean, they definitely had a strong opinion about whether or not she would get to play football, right? But like, I guess some of that disbelief of Jess, right? So Jess says, oh, I wasn't kissing a boy. That's not what happened, right? Or, I, you know, I wasn't I was doing all this stuff. I was just laughing hard right. with my best friend. Some of the reason I think that it's so easy for them to not believe her is because of their own prejudice, right? Like, they think that the girls in England um, make bad decisions and they're um, too free with their affection to boys, right? 
And their biggest fear is that Jess is growing up in this culture and she's going to be just like one of those English women, right? Not a proper Indian girl. And I think it, because they're so afraid of that and because they're so prejudiced against that, it's easy for them to see, even though they know their daughter and they clearly love her and they clearly believe her in any other circumstance. You know, when somebody comes and says, hey, that thing that you're terrified of, probably it's happening. It's immediate. Like, oh, it is happening and I have to fix it right now. This is it. This is it. We have to stop it. You know, and it makes it so easy for them to distrust. That's that's the problem with prejudice is the more that you have in that in, in your brain where it's worked into it, the easier it is not to trust what you see in front of you. Yeah. Hmm. Um, what did you think about... Um, well, before you ask that question... Sure. When I was watching the movie, the um, when I first saw Jess and her family, it kind of reminded me of like... Of like when... Um, of when they used to like... After after slavery was abolished when it was in the reconstruction era and like civil rights movement, Mm -hmm. the people, it was called the Jim Crow ways or something like that. Jim Crow laws. Jim Crow laws. And they would, and they would put black tar all over themselves Mm. and they would, and they would dress up in like tattered old clothes and they would just Mm -hmm. dance around and say, this is how people act. And this is say, they'll say, this is how African-Americans act. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, I think they called them colored people or something. Sorry if I'm sorry if you're a black person and listening. Yeah, so we would not say colored people. That's not that's not a nice right. way to say that. You you could say um, African Americans, which I know you know, um, or you could say black people. But I think really the thing that you want to be careful of is, you know, a, a person like I'm not defined who I am by the fact that I'm white. So I'm not the white person. I'm just a guy who is also white. And you should try and be mindful of that when you think about people who are not white. Does that make sense? Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah, I mean, America's got its own history of racism. We're certainly not uh, any better than uh, England in that regard. And I mean, the whole country was was built with slavery like it's it is it is a huge enormous problem and that people really don't like, want to talk about reminds me of the civil war mm-hmm. where like the southern where the united where the you where the union mm-hmm. wanted to get rid of slavery because it reminded them because that's how england did it mm-hmm. and then the southern and then the confederacy was like you're acting just like england telling us what to do and and then the union is like but that's what England does. They do do slavery. Mm. And then the and the Confederacy is like, no, they don't. You're acting like England, and then they battle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It wasn't exactly like that, but that's pretty much. <laughs> but that's pretty much the main idea of a speech. I mean, the South was looking for any reason to to Get justify slavery and and to keep that because that you know the few people who were in charge of that country benefited from it immensely it made them very very rich um well let's let's bring the conversation back around to bennett like beckham because i think if we go down the path of like racism in america that's too far off we could that's 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 a whole podcast episode which i'm sure we'll get to movies that put us on that conversation topic um but let's let's um let's go and talk about uh the idea of success um what does success mean to you Mm, success I say 
I say any time that you've done your best and mm-hmm. you've improved on something. So like um, earlier today, my teacher was giving out SOL scores. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to say any names and I'm not going to say any scores. But one of my friends went out and they didn't pass, mm-hmm. but they got a so-and-so score last time and they improved their score by 60 points. Mm-hmm. Even though they didn't pass, They they made my it made my teacher really proud because they did 60 points better than last time i see so success can also be even if you don't succeed you're doing your best trying your hardest and improving is a success Hmm. success isn't everyone has a different thing of success now i think success is when you try your best and you improve Mm -hmm. or you try your best and you don't improve because you got the same scores last Mm -hmm. time or you improved like one point or something. Mm-hmm. But, and then another person, like one other kid in my class, thinks that success is when you go, is when you go over, is when you go over the top out of the box. Mm-hmm. So like you go over your best, but you still don't do what you want. So like you go over your best, you don't get you what you wanted, but you at least tried harder than you could have ever done. What kind of things in your life do you think the most about in terms of success? Like what things are important to you to succeed at? I'd say run club, which Mm -hmm. is in my school, which my school does. It used Mm -hmm. to be girls on the run, but now they turned it to run club. Mm -hmm. Um, um, What's really important to me is getting good grades. Mm -hmm. Another thing that's really important to me is showing good, uh, is showing like good, like, behavior so that like um because i'm in so and so because i'm in fourth grade Mm -hmm. when i move on to fifth grade yes next year i want to give a good impression now so that my fifth grade teacher knows that i can be good behaved but Mm -hmm. like like i don't want to give a bad impression so that they think i'm not a really good student and i don't pay attention and i do stuff even though i really do and i get and i get a lot of the notes that a lot of people don't take and then I t- and then I pass a lot of tests. Do you worry about being seen as somebody who doesn't pay attention? Yeah. So that's why I try my hardest to show a good impression. So what's really important to me is good impressions um, to succeed at. Um, another thing that's really important to me, which I am going backwards through. Mm-hmm. So another thing that's really important to me is passing on my tests. Because mm-hmm. if I pass on my tests, then, um, so like, let's say I get all 100% or 90% on my VA studies. And then I take the VA study SOL and I get a perfect score, mm. which is 600. And then... who? So we've got a list of things, right? These are things that are important to you, and I'm sure for each of them, you have different ideas of what success looks like for them, right? Um, Like, I assume you have different ideas of what being successful at Run Club means versus what being successful at passing tests means. I think that being successful at Run Club is doing doing your hardest Mm -hmm. and at keeping a pace because I just like to sprint and run as fast as I can until I am tired. Mm -hmm. And then in Run Club, what it's trying to do is if you're one of those people, slow down and pace yourself. So I think I've succeeded in pacing myself and not just sprinting as fast as I can anymore. 
more. Okay. I still do that sometimes, but it's only in like races, like when I really need it mm-hmm. instead of doing it every single time. Mm-hmm. So I think I succeeded at that. In passing tests, I think the only thing that, I think the only definition of succeeding is doing your hardest. And if it isn't what you want, maybe you, maybe you had, maybe you wanted to take the test another time and you improved in your score from last time. Hmm. Is success something that like, it's a goal, you work for it, you hit it, and you're done? Or is success just something that is a constant struggle? Like, like you can get better at something, but constantly trying to improve. Like, what is, what, which is the, the definition that you like to think of for success? Mm, I'd say success is trying your best. Mm. And when it gets to a point that you think that you're not doing it, mm-hmm. then it's not successful. Hmm. Now, who it gets to decide the things that you want to be successful at? You. Me? No, I'm saying no. I'm saying like um, the person, the yeah, individual, the individual mm-hmm. who it is. So, like, I'm saying you as in me, right? So like, gotcha. I don't want to say me because then people think, wait, so Claire's the only one who can decide it. <laughs> So I'm saying <laughs> I got you. Yeah. I understand. I completely understand. You know, the English solved that problem with words by in those instances, instead of saying you, they say one. One decides for oneself what success is. It's a very English way to speak. English. Englishy, <laughs> Englishy. Did you did you notice in the movie though that both sets of parents, whether they were, you know, Indian or English, Uh, had very strong opinions about what success meant for their daughters? Well, except for the father. The father was just like, well, it's your life and it's not mine. But his definition of success for his daughter then was, what are your dreams and how can I help you get them? them. Yeah. The mother was like, you're going to be as you're going to be the perfect little daughter. Yeah. You're going to be the perfect little daughter. You don't do the, all this sportsy stuff and you act very darling. Mm-hmm. You'll hold your pinkies up when you don't your and stuff like that. And then the Indian parents were like, well, the parents from India mm-hmm. were like, you are going to make the perfect chapati. You are going to you are going to have an arranged marriage and you're going to do it. You are going to wear that bloody Mary dress sort of thing. <laughs> You are going, you are going to go to college and become a lawyer and you are never, ever going to do football again. Hmm. So it's, it's really, um, like expectations, right? The parents have very strong expectations. Um, And then trying to make their daughters enforce them. where, Where, like, so in your life, do you feel like your mom and I put expectations on you in spaces that aren't fair or aren't what you want? Cleaning my room is one. <laughs> yeah, that's going to keep happening, though, I promise. <laughs> well, here, let me ask the question a different way. Do you feel like, so like in the movie, Jess and Jules both are constantly pulling away from their parents' expectations so that they can be themselves in whatever way makes the most sense to them, right? Um, do you feel like that, your mom or I put expectations on you that you feel like you have to pull away from, like that are not helping shape you. Like 
having to come inside when I don't want to. Uh-huh. So like I'm playing outside and uh-huh. I'm having a good time. Uh-huh. I'm exercising and stuff. And then you're like, Clark. And you're like, guys, come inside. It's time for dinner. And I'm like, the sun, the sun is barely even set yet. And you're like, I don't care. It's dinner time. It's like six o'clock. And I'm like, we have dinner at six thirty though. And you're like, I don't care. It's six o'clock. We're eating dinner. Get out here. So I mean, like our major disagreements then are when you should eat dinner. Yeah. Um, do you think that that will change as you get older? Well, I'm gonna become the parent soon, so. You're gonna become the parent. Like. I want to have kids, so when oh. I become the parent, I'm not going to have very strong expectations, but I'm going to have rules. Well, so, like, okay, let's, yeah, let's explore that. Let, let, let's flip it around. How how would you be a parent? So let's say my kid, like, let's say I had a rule that you can jump on the bed as long as you're careful, as long as you're not doing flips and stuff, and then one of my kids does a flip, I'll say, well... Since you weren't respecting my rule, you just can't do this for a little bit. Uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. So I wouldn't enforce it, but I would make sure that they're trying. But if, like, let's say my son's, like, let's say I had a son and their favorite thing was to jump on the bed. Mm. If I would say, well, if you do a flip up, if you do something I don't want you to, I'll take it. I'll take your favorite thing away from you. Oh, Okay. So I'm not, so I'm just taking one specific thing away that they would, that they would like try super hard to be the perfect, to be like good behaved so that their thing isn't taken away from them. So the threat of loss will motivate your kids to be better. No, 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 that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying like I'd reward them for me. So like, let's say <laughs> I do allowance. Sure. They would get extra allowance if they have very good behavior. Yeah. If they have ish behavior like they're good behavior but they're not over the top good behavior like they're like like let's say i ask them to unload the dishwasher they're like okay they go right to it but let's say another son another daughter without even me having to ask them they go ahead and unload the dishwasher seeing that Mm -hmm. it's loaded Mm -hmm. and then they even and then they even load it up again and start the dishwasher again Mm -hmm. so that would be over the top good behavior and i would give them an extra dollar for for allowance Mm -hmm. so rewarding them with good behavior with rewarding them with over the top good behavior and telling them that i would take away something Mm -hmm. if they didn't and how do you feel like your mom and i handle that it's a trap That's funny. Your your face right now is hilarious. All right. Clearly, you don't want to answer that question. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. All right. Let's jump topics. Um, so when we were deciding whether or not to watch Remember the Titans or Bennett Like Beckham, the first thing that you said to me was, um, I want to watch Bennett Like Beckham because it's about the girls um, playing sports instead of boys. Um, so what did you think about the way the boys in the movie treated Jess and Jules about their football abilities? Like they weren't very nice to them. Um, the boys in the park. But one of the boys wasn't very, was very nice. Yeah. David, right. That was that dude's name. Yeah. David was very nice, but his friends were constantly telling, um, Jess that she was not as good as them, even though she She constantly was was better than way better than them like way in the park was when she would like was like at the beginning when she shoved the soccer up his up his butt (laughs) and then he was like "Ah!" 
Um, all right, all right. What else should we talk about? Mm, I think we've got about everything, and you still got to do your part. And like, I don't want to make it too long, so I think you really want to go outside and play in the park. No, (laughs) I just don't want to make it too long because, like, the end game was almost was was almost going to be one hour. I could tell you like that movie. It was good though, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, well, yeah, I think that's probably good enough. Uh, so we covered your favorite part. We talked a little bit about some of the cultural stuff. Uh, we talked a little bit about sports. Um, we, I guess we've seen two sports movies now. We've watched a baseball movie and a soccer movie. Um, between the two, which did you like more, Major League or Bendit Like Beckham? Major League was more hilarious, but Bendit Like Beckham was more like real world relation. Oh, thousand percent agree. Yeah, that's a pretty good sum. I like that. And then uh, there's one more thing I forgot to talk about. Sure. That I wanted to say. So one of the reasons I picked Bend Like Beckham over Remember the Titans is I feel like a lot of times when you see, I feel like, I feel like it's a little bit, um, like those boys in the movie. They were like, because we're boys, we're better than you. Even right. though you're better than me at soccer, we're better than you just because we're boys. Right. I feel like, like, I think I wanted to watch Bend Like Beckham because it was about the main parts as girls instead mm-hmm. of boys. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, Is it important to you to see more girls in a story dealing with real problems? Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of times, um, boys are unfair to girls and then girls have, and and then because girls are like more proper than boys. (laughs) I don't disagree, but I, it's very funny. They're all, they just deal with it. And I think that's just not okay. And the boys just expect that to happen. So they do whatever they want to make the girls, to make the girls upset and expect them to get over, to get, and expect them to get expect them to just deal with it and they keep doing and doing and doing it so i feel like it's unfair and i just wanted to watch a girl thing movie instead of a boy where even though the girls kind of are in that situation where they just have to deal with it you get a chance to see how they handle that and maybe overcome it do you feel like the end of uh bennett like beckham is a is a happy ending because yeah. Jess isn't following her family's traditions and, you know, Jules is um, not leading the very feminine lifestyle that her mom wants for her. Do you think it's still a success? Yeah. Because it's what they wanted and they got it. And um, I think that even though it was a happy ending, I kind of want to see a Bendy like Beckham too or something like that. And we're there in America at Santa Clara yeah. and playing soccer or trying out for a WUSA team, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I bet that'd be a cool movie. I don't know. I don't think there's a, you know, sometimes they make like direct to DVD sequels to these things that star different people kind of playing the same characters roles. But I don't think there's even like a Bendit like Beckham too, which is a bummer. Like, because it's, it's ended in like, it was like cuties where it ended at a part that you feel like <laughs> should keep going. Put that on the poster. Bendit like Beckham, just like cuties, because it ends at a part where it should keep going. Uh, but I feel like there's definitely room for uh, Bendit Like Beckham, too. For sure. For sure. Well, 
uh, we're going to end it right here. Okay. We will, I will see you guys next time in. On May the 14th, we'll be watching A A League League of of Their Their Own. And my mom will be recording with us because it is her birthday Mm -hmm. episode. Because she loves that movie. It's her birthday. Yep. And she wanted to do that. And your mom wanted you to watch A League of Their Own. And I told her she can't program for the podcast if she doesn't come on and record with us. She was very reluctant, but she's agreed to do it. So we'll have to be good hosts next week when your mom comes on. Yeah. <laughs> so I'll see you guys later um, in the next episode with my mom's birthday. So see you guys later. Bye, peeps. All right. And I'll see you guys right on the over other the other side. Other side. Other side. Other side. Okay, bye. Okay, bye. All right, so that's Bend It Like Beckham with Claire. Uh, You know, I was personally rooting for her to pick Remember the Titans because uh, I haven't seen that movie in a while, but I loved it when I watched it. And it's one that I uh, think of with some regularity, but just haven't made time to go back and watch. And Bennett Like Beckham, I saw, I want to say in 2002 or 2003, whenever it is that it came out, um, probably on video. And then I hadn't seen it since. But uh, having sat down and watched Bennett Like Beckham, boy, that is a really sweet movie. And uh, the character, like the the charisma uh, between uh, Jules and Jess when they're on screen together is is really something else. Uh, It's it's fantastic. It's, it's a really good movie. So yeah, so that was the conversation with Claire. You know, I had uh, kind of discussion questions that I wanted to get into. Um, you know, I, I think we sort of skirted around the edges of, because, you know, a major part of this movie is sort of cultural expectations that parents place on their kids uh, to be a certain way. And uh, Jess's parents, you know, they um, are uh, very much... Um, uh, traditional Indians, Sikhs, uh, living their life according to those cultural norms, which is all fine. Um, but it puts a lot of stress on Jess, who is trying, who's you know, being put in the position of growing up in an English world um, with dreams of being a footballer that don't quite align with her parents' expectations. And I think a lot about um, folks who, you know, come to a country and the stress that immigration puts on to their kids as the kids try and adapt and grow up um, in a kind of a split culture environment, you know, where they're very much embedded in one culture when they're out of the house and very much embedded in one culture when they're in the house. And I think the magic of Bennett Like Beckham is that, you know, Jess's parents are not villains in the movie. You know, they're they're human and they have very human expectations of their kid based on you know 
how they were raised and sort of what they want to see their kid become based on who they are. Um, but they're not villains. And, you know, Jess is very embracing of her home life and her home culture. I think one of the coolest things that they do in the movie is, you know, there's um, a, a picture of a significant figure uh, to them in their living room. Um, the parents, you know, kind of point to the portrait and say, you know, uh, swear swear on him. And, you know, she swears on him. And, and it's obviously a very important thing to them. Um, she also has a portrait on uh, her ceiling that she looks at in bed that she shares a similar relationship to, but it's David Beckham's head. And I like, I just, the dynamic between that is like so perfectly set up that, you know, like she is split perfectly between these two worlds and she has embraced them both. And that makes for an awkward relationship with her parents. And she's very patient with them and she's very understanding with them, but she definitely does um, lie to them so that she can pursue the things that she wants. And, you know, I wanted to talk a little bit about Claire with Claire about, you know, when is it okay to lie to your parents and how does that work? Um, Because I don't necessarily think that Jess is too far outside of the margins of acceptability. I don't think it's good to, you know, lie to people in general. I think anything that you feel like you have to lie about is better to address head on. Um, Even if you are going to do what you're going to do, it's better to be upfront and open about those things um, than it is to kind of hide them away and put them under. But, you know, on the other hand, sometimes a little lie can make things go a little bit smoother. And um, they explore that idea in the movie very, very, very well. And I really wanted to hear kind of what Claire took away from that. Our conversation ultimately didn't go, I think, in that direction. And and that's okay. Um, And plus, I guess, how am I going to get an honest answer out of Claire when I say, Claire, when would you lie to me? (laughs) I'm not going to tell you that. That's a trick question. She's way craftier than that. Um, And I suppose there were a couple other things that I wanted to get into, but I I enjoyed our conversation. You know, sometimes I worry a little bit um, that our conversations stray away from movies, um, like the specifics of the plot. Um, But I don't always find a plot by plot point by plot point exploration of a movie to be that stimulating and I find that the most interesting movie conversations happen when you sort of let these um, um, points of a movie and the feeling of a movie guide you in a particular direction and you know when I'm writing reviews or I'm Uh, writing about how filmmakers are putting movies together. I spend a lot more time talking about what, you know, kind of their intent probably is and how that compares and, you know, what the contextualization of that is based on where they're coming from or other movies that are in this type of genre or whatever. But when I am having conversations with my friends, that's not quite what I talk about. I, you know, I talk about what a movie means to me, how it makes me feel and the things that it makes me think about. And that's kind of the conversation that I've been trying to pursue with Claire for this. I mean, number one, because she doesn't have the frame of reference to really have a conversation that's like, you know, here's all the other films in this genre that like, you know, Bennett like Beckham does it like this, but what do these other sports movies do it like? And so part of the project is is kind of giving her the ability to, you know, contextualize things against things that she's seen. But I think also it's a perfectly valid way um, to talk about movies, to just say, how does this reflect in my own life? And what does that mean to me? And what does this movie tell me about myself? And what does it tell me about other people? Um, 
you know, that's the Roger Ebert quote, right? Is that movies are empathy machines. And because we sit and watch this empathy machine, you know, movies give us the gift of, of sort of this illusion of a shared experience where we can start to feel like we've experienced someone else's struggles. And maybe that helps us think about our own in a little bit different way. And um, that's kind of the conversation that I'm trying to foster with Claire as we go through this. So I, I was a little bit nervous about it when we first started out that we spent a lot of time kind of going off on tangents. But uh, the more I think about it, the more I think that that's maybe the best way to pursue these conversations with her. And I, I guess that's just a little bit behind the scenes thinking that I share mostly for the intent that like, I don't know, you know, what the best way is um, to to do this project, to share these things with Claire. You know, there's not like a manual for it. And I try and be receptive to what seems to stimulate her the most or interest her the most um, so that she feels like she's getting something out of it. So next week coming up, we'll have a league of their own. Uh, Danielle will be on as a co-host. I'm going to do my best to let her do all of the work with her and Claire so that I can uh, just, uh, you know, play it real low key because uh, I'm lazy like that. Um, and then uh, a league of their own will sort of end our sports dive. Uh, we got a couple of sports movies squished out of the schedule just because we got behind schedule, which was 100% my fault, not down to Claire. Um, but then after that, uh, we're going to watch some space movies and maybe some war movies coming up. So it's it's going to be an interesting month. Uh, I'm really looking forward to it and be very curious to see how Claire reacts to these things. If you have not subscribed to the podcast, uh, you can find Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures on Apple Podcasts uh, or on Podbean. Uh, we really would appreciate it if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Uh, that is exactly the sort of help that only listeners like you can provide. And it's essential to us as we look to grow our audience. Um, you can follow us on Twitter at B-A-C-E-A podcast. Um, if you watch this movie with your kids, let me know how it went. Um, what's your experience? What kind of sports movies do you like to show your kids? Uh, I'm always looking for movies. Even though, you know, we're, we wouldn't necessarily do it for an episode of the podcast, I am always looking for good recommendations to, uh, for movies to show my kids. And we watch a lot of movies that aren't for the podcast. So uh, keep your recommendations coming. I appreciate them very much. And as always, uh, Bill and Claire's Excellent Adventures is an In the Mouth of Darkness production. You can follow that podcast at itmy podcast on twitter instagram and facebook.com slash it modcast uh, and you can follow the other dorks uh, brad gullickson at mouth dork lisa gullickson at sidewalk siren brian young at the turtle dork and darren smith at the disco dork and that's going to do it for us this time until next time <laughs>